Welcome back to Big Content. A lot on the plate today. Do you have stuff? Brother, I always have stuff. Oh, oh my God. You're the one that's writing an essay. Correct. Did AI write that for you? I always come correct. I don't even know how to use AI. The one time we've tried to use chat GBT, they told us that Jimmy G played for the Kansas City Chiefs. Got hurt against the Chiefs. That's not what it said. I don't need it saying an unfactual things. What do you got? There's no water in this damn office. All right, you... Let's go. <laughs> so you got to drink Diet Coke or alcohol. I don't, I don't drink soda. All right. We can do something personal. We can do, we can talk about an idea that I had, or we can talk about something that's more broad style. <laughs> you choose. I mean uh, like Venn diagrams. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Let's start personal. All right. Well, I want to talk about your YouTube. Okay. Because uh, it was, it was in a sense, like a, a launch of mm-hmm, sorts, mm-hmm. I guess. You guys had your first, or you're, you know, you're starting to invest into your YouTube channel, long form content. You guys had your first video where you really made the content for YouTube, mm-hmm. made a good thumbnail, et cetera. Went to, was it eight games in 10 hours or mm-hmm. vice versa? Yeah. Okay. I want to talk about how it went. First of all, are you pleased with the first piece of content? Did it meet your expectations? Did it fall under? What did you learn from it? All that. All right. So that's at the top of my list. I have two notes. One, Abe said something funny to me that I I guess I didn't realize. And maybe this was our fault on this podcast. But he was like, wow, you really pumped and dumped short, short form content. Do you think you would say we were adamant about short form content? 100%. Yeah. I was really excited about it. I was like, these are my favorite types of content. Yeah. And then it just was something that the the more you got to know it, the less you liked it. It yeah. was it was almost like a honeymoon phase. It was like a relationship. Yeah. It was like a situation ship. It was honestly, like a pump and dump. It was yeah. like it fucking NFTs for a lot of people. So you know what? Maybe I'll take the L and say we pumped and dumped it because I'm still a believer in short form content. I do think you can get more exposure, more awareness, more views from doing that. Now, what we've come to realize is long form quality is going to win. And long form quality. I also think we didn't, we didn't pump and dump it. I, I just don't like how the platform is promoting yeah. a specific. You can make good short form content. Yeah. And like I plan on continuing to do that. And we're yeah. going to put this podcast out in yeah. short form form. On TikTok, because that's where we can grow. I just think that the majority of the way that the platforms are created are not to promote good, healthy content. So mm-hmm. you can make short-form content. It's just like the way that the world is centered around it right now is not in a good spot. But we were saying create YouTube shorts, create TikToks, mm-hmm. right? Create. I still stuff. think you should do it. In but I think valuable. it all should come from youtube first it should all not and and to be clear long form quality content could be in the form of well-written blogs or articles it could come in the form of podcasting you know where you're getting people to listen for 50 minutes i think it could come in the form of youtube honestly tiktok your shit abe tiktok has six minute videos now so does twitter if you pay elon you know he'll let you post like five minutes these days so you can create long form quality content but my new fucking North Star and everything I do is it's less so about long form. I'm a believer that you should go in the path of long form for a multitude of reasons that we'll probably speak about. But quality of content. I've been it is taking, hard to make quality content in a short form matter. It is much harder. It's harder. Actually, I don't know if that's true. But what I do know is that I had to take a look in the mirror and then take a look around and be like, holy shit. The quality of content is vile it's gross it's disgusting no one is fact checking no one is doing research no one is putting time and effort it's just like oh my god and we still do it and and it's stuff i'm going to try and get us away from because i don't believe in it and i don't think it's good we gotta it's not black and white you gotta balance the scales 
on Snapchat, you got to be a little more aggressive with titling and thumbs, the, the quick turnaround. And to get quality content out, it takes a little longer. So I'm not saying by any means I'm perfect, but I know what I'm doing is wrong. So I, I got to push us in it's the It's good other, that you're like aware other, of it. Yeah. You know, it's just like you can do every type of content. You just don't have to be corny while you're doing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, and what's corny? It's like, you know, like when yeah. you make something, you're just like, this isn't this isn't right. Yeah. I'm just going to post it regardless. Like I feel grimy doing shit like yeah. that. You know? and, and a lot of our Snapchat stuff used to only live on the Snapchat shows. And it was pretty much just like if it got views, we got paid on CPM. And that's the only place it lived. So I didn't really care. Now that we're circulating that stuff other places and my voice is behind it, I'm like, I don't want people fucking hearing me say, like, some dumb shit. So that is all a segue into the answer to your question. The next thing I've listed is YouTube failure. So awful viewership from what we expected. And I'm so fucking hype about it. I have been building Snapback for six years. It has been up and to the right. It's We've stacked wins, partnerships, incredible stuff. We're now a team of six. And, and finally, I get to go back to my roots of, of building and grinding. And really, another thing that goes with that long-form quality content is community building. That's exactly how we built Snapback. I was replying to 100 messages a day, and I've, I've completely lost myself in doing that. And that's what happens. And, and you think it's not scalable, but then I go to Penn State this weekend, and every kid who asks, how do I become a creator? How do I do this? I'm like, build it one by one. Answer every single person. So if you comment on the long-form YouTube videos from now for the next year, you will receive a comment back. I went through 315 comments on the first video. I went through 10 on the last one. Well, I, I did a little uh, pushing to get people to comment, but, you yeah, know. You AI'd the replies. Exactly. No, no, no. Like, I, I think we're giving away 100 bucks to the top comment just to get people started and build that up. So first video got like 1.5K views, and I think the watch time was like a few minutes. Click-through rate was a little higher with the thumbnail. and then What the, was the click-through rate? 3.2. So we really got to work on this. What What's like a click-through rate for you guys? A solid, um, a solid one. A solid one? Because this was up for us. They're hot, yeah. Which no, was, ours which is, is much higher than yeah. that. Um, I think like yesterday I, I put one out. It's at 9.5%. Yeah, so I want to get up to like that 8, 9, 10% range. It definitely, uh, you know, I'm wondering like, should we not have even used this channel? Because it's so, what what I think is happening is it's getting sent out and it's getting sent out to people who have no interest in the content. But yeah. it, I, I know that over time it will all kind of. What was your alternative? Starting a brand new? Yeah, like we could. It's the same feeling the way that you're having it now is like when we started this. And I was yeah. like, I was fucking pumped up to get 42 people yeah, watching yeah. our stuff because like yeah. now we got to build it back up yeah. again. And and I'm so committed to this build. And we have two YouTube channels. Snapback. We have the podcast. Okay. Yeah. So we're doing the podcast on a separate channel. And like gotcha. we're doing a video game series, our vlog stuff every Thursday, and then uh, reacts. And people have said like you might want to do reacts on a different channel on your video game and do a live channel. But the more I think about that, the more I'm like, yeah, most things should be separated. And if you if you're gonna start from building things up, it yeah. probably should be started. But I, I, my gut is like, we want to be a media brand where you come to the channel for entertaining content and you get a little different taste. Now, is that not optimized for the platform? You could totally make that argument, right? If a subsection only wants to see video game content, but it gets sent out to everyone and then the algorithm's like, oh, these people aren't clicking every time, then, you know, overall the click-through rate's going to drop. I don't give a damn. We're going to create quality content in one place 
And and that's my bet that over time it will it will be successful. And and I then like I look that. at like NBA's channel, right? Like or ESPN even. They have and Barstool too. Like they have different videos that hit much differently mm-hmm. and others just don't get as many views. So you can't just post whatever, but that that's the path we're gonna take. And then we'll do analytics and review and you know, we'll iterate from there. But yeah, it's amazing how shitty the view count is, but I'm so excited to like figure it out yeah and i think like like you said it's the same direction we went with our long form short form stuff like tiktok obviously we made a drastic switch in the type of content that we're putting out now and it's direct reflection of what's going on youtube we make some native content like our trivia games Mm -hmm. and stuff we switched from like whatever our popular content on tiktok was prior to that was just random shit yeah didn't relate to our audience now we found something that does like those grid trivia games are obviously i'm sure there's a large portion of people that aren't aren't in love with football haven't played fantasy football ever but the likelihood of someone who watches that that Mm -hmm. does play football and we can convert into our audience way higher and you know we i was just showing you a tool TubeBuddy is this like extension that i think like youtube is partnered with them they're like the official extension for youtube where it has all these like underlying tools a b testing thumbnails titles whatever they have a lot of stuff like keyword stuff and they just rolled out this new tool called short something with youtube shorts and basically what they do is you click shorts whatever and it gathers all the analytics from your previous videos and it will tell you a 15 or 30 second clip in which the they, they look at the analytics of it and I'll tell you where the most engagement was. And I'm not sure exactly what engagement metrics are from YouTube, mm-hmm. but what I'm assuming is, you know, the highest engagement levels are where the lowest percentage of people drop off. So yep. if you're saying something that's enticing or something that people want to hear the rest of, that's usually a good teller of the best parts of your content in the same way that companies that run paid traffic should be putting out organic traffic first and whatever the best pieces of organic traffic are, you should be putting your money behind that because you already have a sample size of what works on social media. So for instance, if we wanted to run ads behind our YouTube channel Mm -hmm. and we wanted when people searched for fantasy football on YouTube, just blank straight up, and we ran ads behind our most popular video from like last summer or this upcoming summer, Mm -hmm. it would probably do really well because we already know it does really well within fantasy football. So I think there's a lot of overlap there. So the new AI tools well, I think we're still like pretty fucking far off are going to be incredible. Like in two years when that tool actually works perfectly mm-hmm. and it says, hey, this is your highest engage 30 second clip. Watch it real quick. Click this button and we'll spit out a short for you. That shit's going to be amazing. Yeah. But that's also the way that you should build like short form content right now is shitty. But if you're putting out quality long form content and just taking the clips from that, then there should be no yeah. there should be no gap in the quality it's, of it. It's scenes from a movie. That's why I opt exactly. for long-form quality content because you can clip anything within. You can't clip within a short. So create the long-form, and then you can use those parts to promote, to create short-form, to create more awareness. But also, yeah, also when you're making that content or clipping that content, when people do, the, the percentage is very low of people that do convert from short-form over to long-form. Yeah. When they do, they know what they're getting when mm-hmm. they show up. Like you're mm-hmm. giving them exactly what content you have from the long form so that therefore when they do go over there's no there's no gap in expectations which i think and, is the biggest and like, a, flaw you know we're, we're being realistic for the creators right like if they're just starting out and you got to work a full-time job how do you create as much content if you work for a week or two and put out one long form video you can then get seven pieces of short form out of that uh, you know versus vice versa so yeah create quality long form content and once again that could be through 
through so many different channels. It doesn't just have to be a YouTube. If you like to write, you can do that. If you like to have AI write for you, <laughs> you can have them do that too. So YouTube, you're excited about it despite, you yeah. know, underwhelming metrics early on. I think that's, I think it's gonna be the case for you. I think I said that, you know, when yeah. we were talking about it, that's going to be the case for a while. Mm -hmm. But as long as you're like excited about it, that's big. Cause I think that's where like the real drop off is for most creators. It's, it's basically a graph of your excitement level is, you know, it's up here mm -hmm. when you first start something. Anytime yeah. you, I mean, even in work, like in you're in life, a corporate setting, yeah. you start a new project, you start a new relationship. You're super Adam Thielen. You start saying the Panthers could win the Super Bowl. You start feeling like <laughs> that. Excited. And then guess what? First fucking practice at training camp. And uh, who's their quarterback right now? I guess It'll it's going to be, be a Stroud, rookie. Yeah. yeah, when Stroud fucking <laughs> airmails Adam Thielen over a 10-yard <laughs> slant, boom. He's like, maybe we're not Super Bowl bound. But that's same thing with the content. It's like, oh, I started a new YouTube channel. I started a new podcast. Yeah. Really excited. The first one, it goes back to like the announcement fucking videos. Your first episode of something yeah. is going to have the highest retention rate, the yeah. highest view count or whatever, because yeah. it's an announcement. Everyone wants to see you do well, but also yeah. wants to see you fucking fail. Yeah, so people yeah. want to tune in for it. And then as soon as the views start dropping mm -hmm. on all these episodes, it's like, can you keep your composure? Can you keep that grit? Can you keep that, you know, all that kind of excitement? Yeah. That's what separates people. Like eventually, you know, we'll get back to somewhere that fucking raises you back up. Yeah. We'll get back to your side of the mic. Where no, I, th I think your chart's absolutely correct. And another thing I learned at, at Penn State. So I went to Penn State this weekend, spoke on a panel, influencers in sports, but Thursday, I spoke to, you know, kids for two hours, 90% of them, oh, summer internship, summer internship. So I started using them as much as they were trying to use me and just ask them questions. One mind boggling thing. One kid said he gets his sports news on Instagram. Blew my mind. Wow. Because I was just like, that's actually, a, oh, that's great content play. Just like asking younger kids what they think about certain things. That's what we do. Yeah. That is how I've always operated the business and how I know and why I got in trouble with ESPN because I shat on them and said, there's no ESPN exec who's listening to what the audience is doing or, or wants to happen. So what I told them was, would you commit to being and putting out content every single day for five years? Because if you did, I would guarantee your success. And no one will do that. No one will Did do they that. All say, they all said yes, though. No, I don't even think people people say yes to that. Because five years is a lot. Five years yeah. is a lot and every single day is a lot. And because the theory is, if you did it every single day, even if you weren't that talented, if you knew you were doing it every day for five years, you would just have to get better. You would be like, what the fuck am I doing? You would either give up or you would get better. And if you committed to five years, so by committing to these long-term things i know will be successful i like the ad i'm excited for you thank you so i know it's genuine and i feel like i was trying to get this point across for like months you know like this is the direction we yeah, need to yeah. go in and you're just like <laughs> whatever switching gears to uh let's talk about wait i don't get another choice like another okay. so we did personal and now it's overarching we could do or... an idea or like a theory i have yeah or oh, something that's theory. more like popular the theory, okay the so i was thinking about you know we've talked about this a lot content creators give value I think it's the reason why people like to watch social media content over like TVs or commercials or things like that, right? It's because we're not trying to sell you all the time. Mm -hmm. The best content creators don't try to sell you on things all the time. So I was thinking about what if big companies who ran commercials, right? Like TV commercials started producing mm -hmm. commercials the exact same way content creators, for so, instance, okay. for instance, if Allstate bought a bunch of 60 second commercials yeah. over the next six months, the first one. The only thing they did was have someone on screen teach you how to change a flat tire. Didn't give you a sales pitch. Didn't say mm. sign up for all sake, get 15% off the next fucking two mm. months or whatever. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. next video was, here's how you check whether or not you need to change your oil. Yeah. If they went about it just giving value via commercials, yeah. I think that campaign would 
fucking rip. I agree. I think it would be incredible. like my my instant moment was TurboTax. Like if TurboTax was like, here's how here's how to file your taxes, or here's what a good write off could be. Like you're not thinking about that. You know, something in sixty seconds. Now sixty seconds though, that's short form content. Do you think they'd be able to deliver that value? I, I get the changing the tire idea. I think um, it'd be cool. Do you know yeah. how like ironically I, people would love them? Like ironically, no, I, like I'll say you are the shit. Even oh, if the I don't press, understand, the press would go crazy. Too like the media attention you would get from it. I think it's a it's just a teach deep. me five things about cars that I yeah. should know that I don't know right now yeah. over the next six months, and I'll be like, also, you're the goat. Yeah, that's it. Like they any would get company the goat could do it. How, McDonald's, how to make the best burger in sixty seconds? Exactly. Like how how do you yeah how do you make a burger? It's like yeah. thirty seconds inside thirty. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's With so much that they just nah, leave on the table for it. And I'm like, dude, if if a commercial, if a big company just thought about ways to give value. Yeah. It's how content creators get ahead and are getting ahead and will get ahead over the next 10 years. It's like, because people want to watch things that help them in real life. Mm -hmm. And that's mm -hmm. it. I don't know. That was my idea. I was thinking no, about I, it the other day. I, I was so I was like, I, someone get me in touch with all state. Like immediately. <laughs> get me in touch with all, get me in a fucking room. Yeah, I wonder if room. they would laugh me out of the room. Like no, if I sat down no. with seven executives and I was like, get someone to change a tire in 60 seconds. I, don't. I pitch. think they would think it's smart. I would think also that they would just be like, oh, revenue and new, <laughs> you know, customers. Yeah. Like, and, and I know for a fact they would then sell themselves in the final 15 seconds. Like, yeah. I know that without They couldn't. Doubt. They're just like, they, they on, would like, not be able to sell. Yeah. Right. Because they wouldn't be able to play the long-term game of it, which it would have to take. And it would be highly risky. But I think the risk would be worth it. All right. So what other companies come to mind that you think could do it? I was there, just, I didn't think of any on the spot, yeah. but I was like, we could do a draft. I feel yeah, like. Yeah. Dude, it could work for any company. It's just it's so simple i feel like yeah it's the and the thesis is just like deliver value teach yeah teach teach someone the way. teach someone a new skill in 60 seconds and put your fucking logo in the corner that's uh, teach someone a new skill entertainment's okay it's it's crazy how many entertaining people there are in the world yet the percentage of commercials that are funny or entertaining that yeah. try to be are not. Yeah. There's been like, I feel like there's like three commercials over the last 10 years that have actually been funny. That made me laugh out loud. Chicken, because they have chicken, to be political. chicken, chicken. Yeah, not even, it's just like almost entertaining. Like almost entertaining. It was like, okay, huge dub. Yeah. It's the quality of content <laughs> is so low. It's yeah. on TikTok levels of content. Yeah. That like, you get a couple comedians to do some commercials for you. And I wonder if that even matters. I wonder if like entertaining content would matter because it doesn't necessarily track back. Like when I think of entertainment on social media, and how creators who their main value prop is entertaining mm -hmm. will typically monetize through merch sales or like live appearances. If you're someone really funny on TikTok, you could do stand up and do mm -hmm. tours because mm -hmm. your audience wants to come see you. With a commercial, it's like you do have to, because every commercial is very industry specific, right? So it's like you would have to have a value prop that wasn't entertaining because you're not mm -hmm. looking to sell merch. You're not looking to sell that. It would have to be a teaching moment, I think. So the ones that come, yeah, the ones that come to mind to me are for sure like Cars, taxes, lawyers, like shit like that is mm. very, if a lawyer went on there and just like gave you three tips to make sure you don't do before doing X, Y, Z, whatever you specialize All right, what in. About, what about like one of the sports books? What would you do? Like, would you teach people how to bet, right? Instead mm. of running at five, win a hundred and DraftKings sports. Yeah. I mean, I think there are some industries no, that are probably better off off TV. You, you just think? like nail commercial. You don't I mean, think, if, you don't think if they, in a fun, creative way, demonstrated what a spread bet is, what a parlay is. I think that's a good, I think that's a great idea. Thank you. I think that's really good. I think like if you had a group of girls that didn't understand gambling, were on a yeah. couch and they watched the commercial, like, oh my God, I, like I understand now. Yeah. I want to bet on fucking. And then yeah. who do you think they'd bet with? Correct. The fucking logo. In Get the us in a right. fucking room. Get us in a room with the execs, man. <laughs>
ready to rip. Yeah, that was my that was my other idea. That's good. Real good. I we need someone to tell us it's bad so we can kind of talk through it because Abe. I, I was <laughs> that's funny. I was talking through uh or no, I was listening to a podcast yesterday about Barry Horse. Are you familiar with him? He popped on the MLB betting scene and was essentially like he's an engineer and loves data and shit. And he had like these crazy gambling edges and all these sharp sports bettors were like, you might be sharp, but like your edges can't be this big. And then he's talking philosophically. And uh, essentially what he said was it got to a point where he was clearly the best in class. Like he was the guy and all he was told was like how great he was. And it definitely got to his head. Even when he was aware of it, it still got to his head. And so just having, you know, counterpoints, like, I think it would be helpful for this because we're you and like, me are sitting here like, it's the right. greatest yeah, idea exactly. ever. And everyone's like, you're a moron. Yeah. Like they've tried would, this. No, I think, I think if we brought other people in, they would think it was smart, but I would love to hear, you know, someone play devil's advocate, uh, just, just so we could talk through it and get to the best. Yeah. So I wanted to, you know, I think there are a lot of different ways to grow a community via being a content creator. And I think something that I witnessed over the last two weeks specific to TikTok platform platform was their CEO mm -hmm. going into, what is it? The Senate hearing, what, yeah. what, whatever it was, Some the government, government hearing. Shit. He played this situation. He put on a masterclass. You think? 100%. How he got on TikTok and made videos, mm -hmm. like personal videos, talking about himself yeah. and the company, I thought was such low hanging fruit that nobody does. I do it personally all the time. Mm -hmm. I get on the camera and I talk about my personal life or what's going on within the business. Yeah. It is like the single most powerful weapon you can use that no one uses because executives in these companies think it's like risky or whatever. Mm. This guy went under oath and you only get to see like one-sided clips of this. Right. And he just made like a mockery of the U.S. government because they sound, I don't know if you've seen like the the clips people yeah. have made like make fun of the U.S. government like, <laughs> yes or no, is TikTok, yes or no. You know what I mean? Just like really funny shit. And the U.S. government like doesn't realize how ridiculous they sound because they've never needed to care. Right. But now when this guy goes on TikTok and he puts out a video, which he can blast to as many people as I, he wants. Probably, oh, my God. And he comes off. You know like, the fire button they talked about? Yep. You think that they, his they thumb's don't got to hurt right now. Yeah. <laughs> when he goes on and talks like a human being, not yeah. above people, yeah. but to and people. And I like that it wasn't highly edited either. That, 100%. that was that was key. So he gets on and just talks to people like they're humans and every comment. He has an army. He has an American. W, w, w. Correct. He has a, now an American TikTok army yeah. that has his back. Yeah. That are probably like half the comments are. I, I didn't read through all the comments. They're all positive. I'm, yeah. I'm, not, I'm surprised if they're not like China over U.S. China over U.S. So the, like the U.S. government has not needed to care. Because they have so much power, and I don't know if this is actually like a changing point or, or you know a tide changing thing, but if there ever comes a point where like the U.S. population matters in these types of votes, like we're here, yeah. we're, it's it's here already yeah. to the point where I, I wonder. I don't know. I, I just watched the situation unfold. And I'm like, man, these people are so fucking clueless. It's the same way that these execs in these big companies like just keep ripping commercials when they're watching Jacks and everybody blow up on social media and not think it matters to mm. their bottom line. And I don't know what the bottom line of the U.S. government looks like in this oh, I know. situation. It's, a, it's on a billboard uh, in Union Square. It's like negative eight trillion dollars. <laughs> I didn't even mean financially, but yeah, it's really funny. Um, I don't know, dude. I was just watching it play out and I'm like, this is so 
smart, but like not even really. It was really yeah. not that hard for yeah. him to do that. And now the there was probably a ton of American people that were like scared of TikTok and like they're spying on us. They hear one guy just be normal and they're like, I like this platform actually. I like the people that are running the platform. And now you got super fans, right? Like he everybody, it's almost like when you add a, a wide receiver one to a group of people. Like uh, DJ Moore goes to Chicago, and now it's like we don't need you know, Chase Claypools and the Darnell Moonies to be the ones. Like we don't need like every fan of TikTok moves up a tier a little yeah, bit. You know, yeah. it's fucking crazy. Yeah, I just thought th I thought it was so interesting how it played out. Yeah, because it, it is interesting. So Instagram's head of product, I, I think it's his head of product. I'm blanking on his name. He's gotten on the app and actually posted some stuff on what's coming, and people love that stuff too. I would say though that stuff doesn't matter. I don't think it matters as much unless you are in the face of adversity. Unless you're going through sure, a problem sure. is when people show It doesn't matter as much, but it, it's just to your point of this natural, authentic, right? In this space, we constantly talk about being authentic and relatable, and people just are never authentic and relatable. And we see it in sports all the time. Someone fucks up in a press conference, and it's like, oh, what did their PR give them to say, right? Because... PR is very important, but it's also like, what if we just let it rip? Like, why is everyone obsessed with Lamar Jackson's tweets right now? Because it's Cause authentic. Because he's going through, he's going through adversity right yeah. now. And people like to see how people handle adversity. Yeah. So I would, and, and when you're going through adversity is like when you, you could be vulnerable or when people already know you have to be vulnerable yeah, in yeah. order to be truthful. So it's like when you could dive into that, I think it's one of the most powerful tools as a creator, as a brand, as a company. And when he did it, like yeah. he elevated. And TikTok. on that scale, right? Like, and on that scale is crazy. Yeah. yeah. And it, I mean, I've, done it like personally many times like yeah. when i've gone out on tiktok after the whole situation yeah. and like just did like a quick q a answering 10 questions 10 videos mm -hmm. whatever 95 percent of the comments are like damn like i appreciate you doing this i'll yeah. stop leaving negative comments and i wasn't like looking for L. that i was just you like have l riz though from what huh what do you mean <laughs> just no, i was saying like, i don't think i've ever seen a comment like that <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> no, but it, it just goes such a long way. So I think when you are in the midst of facing challenges, problems, adversity is when you need to step up the most. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that, I mean, that goes for most aspects of life, but I don't know. All right. What else do you have? I honestly just have the Q&A stuff at the end. I thought there were, there were a couple of good questions. So if you have more main topics. I, I don't really. There was one other thing I kind of wanted to tie into that. Danny Miranda had the president of Shopify Ooh. on his podcast. It was like 15 minutes into the podcast. And he, the, the guest was like, you know, I, I like listening to podcasts like that because again, it makes the company more relatable. Just yeah, show yeah. me one person who like cares. And I'm like, oh, I like the company a lot more. This dude was like, yeah, he was talking about his parents. And then he was like, my grandma died this morning. And I was like, whoa. And it got like really deep. And I was like, this is crazy levels of like vulnerability. And it took like kind of a spin that I didn't expect, but I was just kind of tying it into being very authentic. He was like, I easily could have canceled the podcast. I easily could have just like yeah. started going down like a rabbit hole or whatever. I just like found a lot of respect for yeah. him in that moment of time. And I was like, this is cool seeing someone who is so successful and high up sharing something that's very real and very like raw yeah. whatever um, i was and gonna kind of yeah it's gonna it's gonna change people's lives because we came from a generation where obviously social media didn't exist so lives were definitely more private and because of that people were more private and i don't think it's necessarily a bad thing because when we share it impacts others and they see different things and and it can help their lives so 
Yeah, I, we we talked to J.R. Smith on the podcast, and you know the clips that we run on social are you know him talking about LeBron or him you know talking about his dream golf foursome. But like the most impactful stuff is you know right in the beginning where he's talking about how like he so he went straight from from high school to the league, right? And then obviously everyone jokes about J.R. Smith and you know drinking and you know being a loves to shoot and all that stuff, and no one thinks of him as like a student athlete, right? They really think about him playing golf now. But the student aspect was really interesting. And I just assumed that he just didn't apply himself because he was so talented on the basketball court. But he said, like, he just wasn't talented in the classroom and he was dealing with some deficiencies as well. And so because of that, it did not – he knew he wasn't going to be the best student, but it discouraged him from trying to be a better student. And holy shit, if you're a kid out there who's like, I'm not good at math and because of that I'm going to shut down, but fucking J.R. Smith is like, no – Go, like, get help, get tutored, get medicated, you know, whatever. Yeah, the someone answer. that you look up to. A lot of it comes back to, like, yeah. you have to be inspired by people that you feel like you would be able to hang out with in real life and yeah. being like, man, they did this. Therefore, I feel like I can also go down that route. It's all about being able to relate to somebody that you yeah. already find yourself relatable yeah. to. Yeah, keep sharing. See the clip of Gilbert Arenas, actually? It was kind of, like, on a similar topic. What did he, do? he was in college with... He was at the University of Arizona, yeah, I think, yeah, Arizona yeah, State or whatever. Yeah. And it was another, I can't remember the other NBA player that was on his team. Maybe Channing yeah. Tatum, I think. Fry. Channing Fry, <laughs> Channing Fry. Channing Tatum is the actor. Uh, Channing Fry. So, like, yeah, we walked into class, like, the first day. He was a freshman. Yeah. Sat, like, big lecture hall, whatever. Sat up front, like, front row of the class. And 10 minutes into the class, Gilbert Arenas was just like, man, this is fucking boring. He's like, let's go. He just walks out to the end of the classroom yeah. he's like this shit is boring and turns all the lights <laughs> off in the lecture hall and leaves and i was like man what a fucking asshole yeah just doing yeah. that oh it just made me think yeah the well well there. at penn state i was with brad kraut who i've talked about before on here you know the academic weapon he you know i i saw him this weekend and you know his viewership right he was talking like hey my views are down are you seeing that amongst other people and i was like yeah we are Don't, you know keep grinding all this stuff but then he, he fucking, me. yeah, then he fucking shows me his Instagram DMs and the people he's impacting. Like he's literally changing lives and it all just goes back to this quality long form content. Really this idea of like, know what you do this for, know why you do it and be consistent with it. And you know what? If your video gets six views, but it fucking one person's live chain, yeah, you can't monetize that, but that's Dude, powerful. Also, I've been thinking a lot about this. It's like, if you get one comment that's like, I love your content, or one comment that's like, oh, this changed my life, or one comment like that. Yeah. It's like, you've, not in the cliche way, like you've made it. You know what I mean? Yeah, you yeah. haven't made it. Like you haven't made it, but you have. You've done what most people cannot do. Most yeah. people cannot create something out of thin air that impacts someone to that significance. So you have made it over the hard part. And if you continue doing what you're doing, that one turns into two, right, turns into right. four, turns into eight. Like you have made it. You just haven't made it to the level of scale that you want to yet. Yeah. But you've done the 99% hard yeah. work. I, I truly believe that. Like yeah. if you can get a comment that's like, yo, I watch every single one of your videos, super helpful, super valuable. You just, it's just time at that yeah. point. It's literally just patience and time. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. All right. Q and A. Yeah. Q and A. First question comes from Tommy who once again claims he is not associated, but uh, TBD. Tommy asked, talk through your schedule of creating content. They were kind of curious how ours differ from each other if there's anything we do that you know sets us up for success as opposed to failure like me on youtube um you begin i'll speak to the successful part <laughs> yeah. you could finish it off 
you could blow the save. Um, well, we'll talk through like actually Monday through Sunday. Are you a Sunday starts the week or Monday? Like, what's the first day? I of love the week? every day. Don't but I'll, what do you mean? Like, I went out to brunch on Sunday this previous Sunday. No, no, so no like, I'm not saying like what starts the week, like how to be successful. Like when people say the start of the week, Monday for sure. Yeah, you yeah. know people believe Sunday. Yeah, it's just like religious people. Uh, no, like people, and it really freaks me the fuck out. Doesn't matter. Who cares? Oh, yeah. Okay. You're gonna do something differently on Sunday than you do Monday. Go to church. Know, you haven't been to church in fucking ever. <laughs> All right. So I don't have a schedule as it pertains to creating content or making the content, whatever. I dictate that around how I feel pretty much. Like today, like I said, I got a ton of sleep last night. So I woke up feeling, no, 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 for real. I yeah. woke up feeling great. And when I have good sleep, I know I can get into a deep work zone. Like I know I can make really good, high quality content. I know that I could do really deep research and those are the pockets of my week that I look for in order to do so. I also know myself well enough to know that I am my most creative, energetic, and well thought in the morning. So like if I wake up at seven, have my first cup of coffee at eight, by like nine thirty, ten, I'm in my zone there. Mm-hmm. So I'll that's typically when I will make content or research for content. So when I can find those pockets of deep work, that's when I go in on things. Um, sometimes you got to force yourself. Obviously if you have like a deadline for things. Mm-hmm. I think most people probably sleep better than me. So they could probably find those pockets better, but I, I try to dictate it around like who I am as a person, not necessarily like time of day or day of the week. But me personally, I don't like filming at night. I mm-hmm. don't like researching at night, like by mm-hmm. five o'clock or six o'clock I'll work if I need to, but I would like to shut down work-wise just because I know I'm not my best self at that time. Okay. I think the big takeaway there is self-awareness. Obviously we've talked about that before. Know what you're good at and know when to do things to maximize the return. I'll actually walk you through my... I want to add one more yeah. thing, sorry, because like in the summer when I'm starting to rip off like five, six longer form videos a week, if I wake up and I'm like, man, I don't I don't feel good, but I need to create, all the energy I have will basically go into the one creative thing. Mm. So if you have a bunch of administrative tasks and a bunch of creative tasks, put the good energy into the creative tasks because you could do the administrative yeah, tasks like later on in the day, not even later. paying attention. Yeah, um, Next year, two yeah, years down I actually line. got hit with the underpaid tax bill so I had a lot of money to uh, the IRS. My schedule. So Sunday, uh, Sunday night, we or Sunday at some point, we record the Snapback podcast. It's about an hour shoot in total. Probably spend two hours prepping, getting set up, sending footage. During the football season, we also will record one of our Snapchat shows here to argue after the games on Sunday. So like halftime Sunday at football. On Monday, we'll also record probably another Snap show, something along those lines. Tuesday, let's see, Tuesday, we're recording our YouTube React stuff. And so now I've actually scheduled stuff into the calendar. Of course, some of this stuff includes other people. So, you know, a little less flexibility there. But I did a podcast on Monday, did YouTube Reacts yesterday, did Club Top Shot at 4.30 yesterday. On Wednesday, we obviously have this podcast, so I come in around noon and then normally have the Snapback podcast Wednesday night. On Thursday, record another episode of Here to Argue, record a live video game series for the YouTube channel, record the pod tomorrow night. And and then Friday through the weekend is normally doing our vlog stuff. So that's where the travel very regimented. Yeah. High volume. Well, we've just added, obviously, some of that YouTube stuff. Yeah, I realize I'm recording a fuck ton of content. Are you going to cut anything out? No, I no plans at the moment to cut anything out. The only stuff 
like our Snapchat show viewership is down and that's across the board. And like I said, we were really doing a lot of that stuff for, for revenue purposes to just like mm -hmm. make money off of it. And with that being down, the fact that we're not creating super high quality content and not making as much on it, if we get to a point where it's just not profitable, we'll cut all of that and, and reconfigure and use those resources separately. But yeah, scheduling stuff in is, is hyper important, I think. And then I also have an ability to just like do shit on the fly and turn it on. A lot of people do not. And, and that's okay. But I can work at night. I actually don't like working in the morning. So yeah, I, I favor the nighttime. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I th my schedule is way less packed when it comes to content, I guess. No, but like if you film trivia on the couch, like you didn't yeah, have that. Fair. Did you have that scheduled for after this? No, we didn't. Right. That one was and, and you're just fly. able to kind of do that's it. Fair. Now that's the luxury of, of doing this full time. So well, I was just thinking because like okay, so say like right now my off season schedule in terms of fantasy videos yeah. is like I have a video release me personally every Monday, Tuesday, Friday. Okay. If I feel great on Saturday, I might film all three of those gotcha. on Saturday. There are days where I might yeah. film Mondays, Monday morning, Tuesdays, Tuesday morning, Friday, Friday morning, and be yeah. like, Tony, I need you in here early to edit those and get them out yeah, yeah. around. So for me, I don't try to like, I don't like having regimented schedules like that because I know a lot yeah. of the times when I get to that time, I'm going to be like, man, I don't really feel like doing this right no, now. No, that, that's a fair point. And I think a lot of what we had done in the past was a little less evergreen and stuff maybe you're doing is a little more evergreen. But what happens if Lamar Jackson gets traded, right? As a fantasy company, yeah. someone's got to be, you got to turn on, yeah. right? So, yeah, yeah. I, I think it, it varies. And once again, this long form quality content is going to hopefully get you out of this fucking hamster wheel cycle of, oh, my God, Lamar requests a trade. Like, I got to make content. I got to do this now. As opposed to, I would highly recommend, like, Lamar Jackson's going to be in the news for the next week or so. Like, I promise. Go back, create a 10-minute video on the history of Lamar with the Ravens and why it's gotten to this point. That shit that's a good will one. hit. And if that's, I could... Because that's storytelling. Exactly. Yeah, you're telling a story. Instead of, I post some lazy TikTok about why the Ravens fucked up. But if I could actually show highlights you know, put images and articles and press conferences and took that time. And then you can chop those up and put those on. That's the path. And that's where you're reacting to stuff, doing stuff timely, but it's not just low quality content. Tell the story. Don't let the story tell you. Ooh, okay. Next, <laughs> next question came from Smitty. Smitty said, Smitty baby. What's your favorite ice cream topping? Ooh. So not in the ice cream, right? Cookie yeah, dough yeah. doesn't count. You you get well, it. Well, no. <laughs> Hold on. You no, can no, go you to can places. Get cookie that, dough. Okay. I would say some some something crunchy, probably like crushed up Oreos or probably some okay. some type of crushed up cookie okay. on top. Ooh. I used to love gummy bears, but if you let nah, them sit for more nah. than three seconds, they yeah. become fucking rocks. Yeah. Uh, my favorite ice cream topping. The only time I'm not getting like ice cream shit mixed in with it is like sprinkles so i think i gotta go sprinkles yeah I, to, I, the older i get the more i feel like toppings are super overrated on ice cream yeah because the way i realize this is if you get you know something filled with a lot of things in there if you get like cookie dough and oreos like within the yeah, ice cream yeah. i find myself being like man i can't wait to just have a, a bite, bite. <laughs> a bite with nothing inside of it interesting yeah. okay all right question from kelsey what advice would you tell your younger self when you first started building your brand i'm gonna take this and it goes back off of you know what i was saying earlier if i could talk to my younger self right now i would say you're gonna be doing this for the next 10 years and right now it's only been six years but obviously i anticipate doing this for a much longer time if i knew speaking to a direct reflection myself and they were like you're going to be doing this for 10 years 
I think a lot of the ways I would have operated would have been different. If I always knew that I would be here and I would always just like solve for the long term and content would be focused that way and relationships would be focused that way. And not to say I've like burned bridges because I, I thought I needed to get to certain places, but I just think if I knew that and everyone who's going into this should think that way, that would have been super helpful for me. Yeah, I feel like the one thing I would say, not even to me as like a content creator or a brand, and this is something I, anytime I'm like on a podcast with a college kid, my, one of the first things I'll usually tell them is you'll, you find out things that you don't like way quicker than things that you actually do like. And I think that helps you narrow down your path. And mm. that works in a variety of different scenarios, obviously. I would, yeah, I would tell myself to just, as soon as you don't like something, and you feel like it's not helping you grow as a person, get it off your plate. I feel like a lot of people are scared to move from one thing to the next because mm. of outside judgment or they're like, oh, I don't know if I spent enough time on this. It's like, well, are you proud of what you're making? You yeah. know, like just make stuff that you are proud of. And I promise you won't regret having done that. I look back on the most random shit I've mm -hmm. made over the years. Like some on my personal Instagram, I have like five random videos that are just like chopped up clips of different parts of New York with just a song that was stuck in my mind. It had no, it would just be like five pictures of me and my friends like out at bars and yeah. a random fucking video that I made for no reason <laughs> that I just wanted to make. And I'm like, dude, I love those videos. So yeah. some, it made no difference in my life. I yeah. probably four people liked it. Didn't get me any business deals, but I was like, I was proud of those. Like yeah. it just made me so happy making that stuff. When I look back, I'm like, don't let the, the wrong things dictate so many people. And it's mm -hmm. like, as long as you're making things that you're proud of, it's not the wrong path. You know, I, I think your gut will tell you pretty much 99.9% .9 of the correct path that you need to go in. That's all the Q and a I had written down that I oh. had highlighted, but if there's any that, that spoke to you, but uh, now I'm just craving cold stone right by times square. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't a cold stone. Cold, cold stone. Like near me growing Cold Stone's up. the fucking goat. That's where they like chop it up. In oh front yeah. Of you, right? The fucking on the thing, you know, some dude got viral as shit off cold stone during, during COVID. And then he like made his own ice yeah. cream shop. Right. Yeah. yeah. What a time. Time. Kelsey sent me a question. She didn't put okay. it in the, in the chat. I'm not sure why she didn't. But I didn't want to say in the chat in case it's too personal. But it'd be interesting to hear how creating content has negatively affected you. Mm. If it's hurt, ended relationships, things you've given up on or missed out. Just a thought considering content creating is so glamorized when in reality you probably lose just as much as you get. Mm. Lack of privacy, work being 24-7, constant hate, etc. I think it's a great question. I think great it's, question. I think I'm sure there are, I don't know. I don't really think about how my life would be if I hadn't created content. It's just been such a prevalent theme in my life up to this point. So it's almost like comparing what your life would be like relative to what it is now. Content has unlocked everything for me, right? Like it's the reason I have the life I have now. Have I lost relationships because of it? I don't know if I would distinctively say like I had to break up with this person because of, yeah. you know, content or whatever. Some grinding fantasy football. <laughs> well, there, there's, there's like, there are times where I'm just like, I, I don't have the energy to spend on, mm -hmm. like, I would like to be this person to you, but I don't know if I have mm -hmm. that a part of me to give to you. I've definitely like lost friendships, but not because if they fade out for the, for the reasons that were probably going to play themselves out anyways, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it's like, as I grow older, I have a much smaller friend group, but any friend that I do invite into my circle is somebody that I'm way more aligned with now. Like all my friends from high school and college, we were probably friends because we partied a lot and we went out a lot. And like, that was our common denominator. As I'm getting older, my friends like yourself are like people in the creative field, people that are like, inspiring to me and people that I feel like are building and people that I can build with. Mm. So negatively relationships, I think if you put it in a blanket statement, being like I lost relationships because of this, whatever can be looked at in a bad light. But I think for the most part, 
it's almost like trimming the relationships that probably weren't going to work. I, I don't see it as a negative. Like if, if someone can't understand why you're doing mm-hmm. a certain thing, then then absolutely not. If, if I stop hanging out with my banking friend because he's trying to develop his career and has to work till 10 p.m. and I yeah. don't get to see him at the bar or on the weekend, it's like if I'm mad at him for that, then yeah, we shouldn't be friends. Well, that's what I mean. Like it's not it, it wasn't like a bad like yeah. no one was ever mad at me for yeah. doing it, but you just start to fade away because you have so much less time on the outskirts of your work and, and that type it, of energy that takes, you don't prioritize them. It also, you got to surround yourself with people. You got to get lucky to people who are understanding and who care enough. Like I'm very lucky that Hallie is okay with me traveling the amount I do mm-hmm. because I could totally see a world where she's like, yo, shut this shit down. Like, yeah. like if we have a kid, we have another responsibility. Like there, you know, is, that, the, is the kid chase? No, next? no. The, uh, ring, the baby, ring chase. Psh, we gotta we gotta pick a wedding date first, but there will be. I mean, yeah, I hope to have a family. Like I never, for example, Stephen A. Smith. I think he's a fucking animal. He's a workhorse, but like he, I don't believe he's married anymore. And I would imagine that's because he's in Vegas and California. And it's just like, yeah, you gotta you gotta make decisions. He's a content creator. So what what's negatively affected you the most as a content creator? Because like we've dealt with hate comments now. I've gone through yeah, two or three yeah. situations. I never really got hate comments until bigger situations kind of played themselves out and then we started getting them and then I realized like these people don't fucking matter to me at all yeah. so I've kind of gone through that and and worked that out internally yeah. that it doesn't matter to me what else is negative I guess like the ability to not shut your brain off can be very tough I think the ability to like you always have to be innovating because mm-hmm. our revenue sources are not ones that are you can rely upon for yeah, five it's years it's not like steel I'm not selling steel where everyone needs <laughs> steel over a long century long period yeah th- for me they're more like good problems to have yeah. stressful but good yeah negative affecting from content creation i don't i don't really have many you say like you can't shut your brain off but you know i'm watching hallie when she's done work she's thinking about other shit too i get to think about stuff that's way more fun i've actually been know? trying to do that more i've been trying to look at bg as more of a nine to five for me so when yeah. i have like problems pop into my mind like at night or something mm-hmm. i'm like when i'm in the office yeah. i'll attack it 100 yeah. but for right now like i want to focus on my personal yeah i don't i don't stress you know outside of a nine about snapback but i think it goes to i'm really working on when i say really working on like i developed my own theory and i think i've talked about this before which is like the 24 hour almost you're an asset think about yourself as a stock right it's like snapback is part of my life why do i have to segment it why would you separate because once you separate then you're saying this is work, right? Mm-hmm. As opposed to like, no, this is this is part of who I am. Now people will say, don't make your job part of who you are because then, you know, you could fluctuate. But yeah, like working out is part, you know, is there a specific part time? Of yeah, it, it is. Put it's the like, traps in back. Yeah, it's like my health dictates, right? Your sleep schedule uh, it matters when it comes to work as well. So. Be a ten figure company. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you keep getting two hours of REM. Oh watch God. out! Oh my fucking lord! Also, she asked about lack of privacy in there. I think lack of privacy. I don't think either of us are at the scale where like we really have a lack of privacy. I also think that we kind of choose how much. Like if you're gonna put yourself out there every yeah. single day, it's like you're like you're choosing to do that. Yeah, but no, I, I think we've been probably fortunate to not have to do anything, right? Like, all right, let's say Hallie and I break off the engagement. There would, I mean, even for you right like you had to address the bdge thing right when you fired you know and and maybe you did want to keep that private there's obviously no responsibility to if hallie and i broke off the engagement to make a public statement but because of being a content creator and if you would make a a social post 
about that if it happened? I would I would share that. Like if we were done, yeah, I, I would share that. Ooh, I think I would step in as your friend and advise you not to do that. I hopefully we don't have to go not, through that. <laughs> I'll tell you a funny story after. The engagement's still on at this current. Uh that's interesting you say that because honestly, because if my belief as a content creator, right? I'm not just saying I create sports content. I share a lot of different things, right? A lot of opinions. And if my belief is the reason I share is so that it helps others, okay. right? Then I, I have to share that I'm no longer engaged because then it keeps it authentic and people know. But would seeing... you would you go in? Would you really go into it? No, no. no That's no, why no. it's like if you're gonna half-ass it, it almost feel like no, it's not worth it. No, because I I don't think you need to get into like a oh she didn't do the dishes and like oh you know she. I mean, everyone would understand that, yeah, right? I'd be like that. That great, would be great decision. That would be relatable. Yeah. I don't know. It, I totally get. There is no responsibility to do it, but as a creator, right? If you've made that decision to put yourself out there, I think you should share what is the that highs accompli- and the lows. How does that? But you're not sharing the lows. You're sharing a, a title. No, 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 that's a low. That's you're not your actually low sharing point. what happened. That doesn't help. People. But I don't think you need to share necessarily what happened. But I do think maybe I could share like how I'm feeling or how I'm dealing with it. Not immediately, but over time. And I think if she's a part of the content, you know. <laughs> In a, that, in a no, weird that, that's way. that's fair. I agree with and that if, because I mean, look, if people are gonna, it also would probably be helpful. People would speculate, oh, you haven't posted about her, you know, how is she? How is? She? And it's like, oh, I should just make people, even to make me feel better, like, hey, please stop asking. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, that's true. I can't really tell you what to do and what not, what yeah. not to post. No, uh, no, no, I, I don't think it would be unhelpful to get advice, right? I think that to be relatable. You got to share. I would do it if you felt like you were doing it for you. That's what I would tell you to do. As opposed to what? You're like, I'm doing it to be relatable. It's like. Oh, no. I think you should do it if you want to do it. Like, if if it makes you feel better, if it's like, this is how I'm expressing myself about the situation, that will help you. Right. If if you, if I feel like I had to do it because. No. I would almost be like, send me the fucking video before you post it. And I'll tell you whether or not you should post it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, it's going to be a long video. It would be a long form quality piece of content storytelling how the relationship began, how it disintegrated. I'll put it on my, oh, that's, that's high quality. I'll put it on TV. I'll chop up some clips from it. People are actually going to think the engagement's off by the end of this. We're, we're all good. Although, I'll tell you a funny story. We went to Macy's. I guess that's where you get like the little gun to scan all the things for the registry. Yeah. And I was under the assumption that when you got wedding presents, you got them like after the wedding. Like you put out the registry so people knew what you wanted. They would just buy them leading up, right? They buy them fucking. I get, our wedding could be in eighteen months, and you know someone yeah, could that's get fired. <laughs> you could just fu- no, okay. No, sorry. Well, no. Yeah. So I I literally asked the lady. I was like, what happens if a like if the wedding gets called off and and she's like everyone just keeps the gifts. You got a refund policy on your on your website? And it's cr- I was like that's insane. So, you know, I'm I'm going home with a couple bowls or vases if fucking Hallie and I decide to to not go through with this thing. That's wild. You guys really need bowls and vases? No. Like it's all you have. Oh, partners, don't like get me stuff. started on registry and stuff. It's the biggest fucking joke. But do you um, have any input on it? Uh, what did you say to put on there? A mic and a lighting system? Yeah, right. A ring light. <laughs> a ring light. <laughs> 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 well, my, I mean, my belief is that 
the registry instead of the fine china and the fucking backgammon set that costs $150. Like, yeah, let like put money towards the honeymoon or towards like experiences. I, I always opt for that type of stuff. Once again, that's self-awareness and also awareness to know that's just like not who she is. She loves those fucking little, you know, what I say are stupid things, but that's what that's what makes her excited. So interesting. Yeah. My business partner. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wedding is still on. Engagement is still on for now. <laughs> check back in weekly. We'll give you updates on it. Uh, check back in weekly on the YouTube channel, the podcast stream, in the Discord. Yeah, do that. Subscribe, thumbs up, all that stuff. It helps us the most, I think, if you rate, review the podcast, and share with other people that you think this would help, yeah. especially... One by one. That That's the biggest ask, right? Is realistically, if someone... Now, it's on us to create good content, but like... If you do like this and you think it could help someone, send it to one person and we have no problem, you know, duplicating that. Yeah. Like, I feel good about this. There's no way. I would never look back on no. these types of videos. This and be like, episode, I, it. I feel really good about it. I felt great about the last yeah. two. Yeah. You know what I mean? Fucking headphones on. Yeah. 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 All right. All right. Love you. Episode. I mean, you thought you wanted the headphones, didn't you? I can solo it. I actually brought notes for the first time. So, the first time. yeah, yeah. How's it feel to be uh, a good content creator for the first time? Well, I, I don't want to go that far. Prepped, brought notes. I feel fucking alive today. Why? I slept for the first time in like a week. Oh. I hit okay, so I hit I have I have an aura ring and it tracks your sleep. Yeah, the type. Yeah, you know what I like to I like to get reminded of how big of a piece of shit I am <laughs> on the reg. And I hit over two hours of REM sleep last night. Is that a lot? For me, I don't think I've hit over like forty five minutes in maybe five years. Wow. Yeah. So I What I do you think it was? What do you think it was? <clears throat> the maybe just not sleeping the last six nights in a row. No, you know, just no. won't catch up. Yeah. No. No, that's not how that's not how it works. How does it work? You want me to get into my sleep bag right now? <laughs> sleep my sleeping I've never bag. My sleeping to be in a bag less. <laughs> I'd rather have a bag over so my So I'm head. not going to. But it's if you haven't slept for five years, you don't just it just all caught up and you got two <laughs> hours. Up last right. Night. Last night. I'm ready to go. All right. Let's uh, go then. Yeah, dude. Let's I, go. I absolutely. I made like six videos this morning, went on someone else's podcast. Now I'm on your podcast. Yeah. Being a nice person, getting featured on this thank shit. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, I also forgot to mention, I ran into someone. Um, Who knew me? Yeah. I was at a party like two weekends ago. And uh, it was a girl that worked. No, at, no. I don't have any friends who party. We just work. It was a girl that worked. Yeah. She knew you through work. Why was she partying? Networking. It was because you guys don't work together anymore. No, she no, turned no. cool after you guys stopped uh, working together. Okay, cool. Um, where she work with you? It was a company that you used to work for or with. I worked for two companies. R. It starts with R. Rally. Ooh. Rally. You work Rally with? Mm, not really. Like oh, I was friends. She seemed to vividly remember. I didn't. You. We. I never have had a partnership nor worked with them. She thought your engagement post was about her. She thought you guys were married. <laughs> What? How do you not know? How do you? Why was she so adamant about? Okay, so I we, could. What's her name? I don't know. I could know who the person is, but we did not work together at Rally. Are you positive? 
Yeah. She was like, I, I told her what I did for work or whatever. She yeah. said, oh, do you know Snapback Sports? And yeah. I was like, nah, never heard that. Are you sure it's brand. Rally, though? Yeah. She was like, Snapback Sports, like, do you know Jack? And I was like, yeah, I just literally. Do you know what me. Rally does? No. It's a collectible company. Did she give you collectible vibes? I was drunk, so she didn't. I'm, uh, I, there was only one vibe I was getting. <laughs> what, Regardless, what does whatever. she look like? Side height. This just is when this is just going down a path we don't need. Put to me do. in the height. Put me in the height category. Short, tall. Um, short. She's from New York. Yeah, from New York. From New York, definitely short. rally. I assumed you. What I thought that was a place you worked prior to. I worked at Action Network and Whistle. Yeah, no, it was definitely rally. I went into Rally's office <laughs> once. Maybe she just had a pleasant experience with you. I don't think it was rally. A hundred percent was. Mm. I'm not like going to go out of my way to figure it out, but whatever. I just would like. Let you know I would you, like to know who it is. Just let you. Just letting you know that you got some people on the streets that are like Jack's a good guy, and that's when I was like, that. See, now I don't. You probably you. worked with his brother. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe like, it was. 